Hey team, this is Grant David Collins, and welcome to Basement Philanthropy, a place for people who do not want to wait until they're rich or retired to create meaning, impact, and connection with their time, talents, and money, regardless of the amount. On this episode, we're going to be talking about the giving gap, so let's get started. All right, team, this episode is a bit of a doozy, and so I would like to start it off with a signature desk drum roll. I don't know if you can hear this, but I really, really am excited about what we get to talk about today because in my mind, the giving gap and and understanding what it is and how one can start to bridge it is in some ways the second step, the second major step that someone takes on their giving journey. So after really coming to understand that giving is indeed a skill set, from my experience, the next thing that someone comes across is this concept of the giving gap. And so that is why this episode deserves a little bit of a different introduction. But, you know, before we get into this podcast, deep into the podcast, I want to step back and give us a shared definition of the giving gap so that we're really all on the same page walking into this episode. By, By my definition, the giving gap is essentially the distance between a giver and a receiver that is created by lack of context, physical distance, or demographic differences. So basically, anything that can get in the way of truly impactful giving experiences make up this giving gap. In, in fact, the giving gap is, is one of the main reasons why developing the skill set of giving is so important in the first place, which is why they kind of come in that first and second order. So I have a really good friend from college whose name is Amber Bosselman. Now, this isn't producer Amber. Just to be clear, there are a lot of Ambers involved with this podcast and movement in one way or another. But uh, Amber Bosselman is is a good friend from college. Now, Amber is, is one of the kindest, most selfless individuals I have ever met in my life. And a few months ago, she asked for my help with a project she was working on. You see, Amber has a genetic disorder called SMA, and that stands for spinal muscular atrophy. Now, SMA is a a complicated disorder, but basically it causes Amber's muscles to waste away. So she has been in a wheelchair since she was a little girl. And outside of the day-to-day challenges that, that this causes in her life, her disability was getting in the way of her being able to get married. Now, this is a much larger story, and and don't worry, we're going to be telling that story in a later episode of the podcast, but basically what you need to know for this episode is that the reason she was reaching out to me was for help with this challenge of getting married and being disabled. So 
one of the ways that that I decided to get involved was by helping her build a GoFundMe campaign. And, and part of the way that I personally decided to use my talents to help her tell her story was by making her a video to go along with this GoFundMe. I'm a bit of a amateur videographer um, at, at best, but it was something that I felt like I could really contribute to the cause and, and really maybe catalyze some of the efforts that, that were already going on. So a few weeks ago, a, a good friend of mine, Emily Jensen, you've you've heard her in the podcast before, uh, her and I packed up a bunch of camera equipment and drove up to where Amber is currently living, and that is in Cheyenne, Wyoming. And what followed uh, is is challenging to express in words, but it was one of the most beautiful experiences I have ever had. And, and the reason why is, is because for an entire day, I got to sit just feet away from some of the most selfless acts of care and service that I have ever seen. And, and it was so moving that, that each time that I attempted to edit the video, I would get fairly emotional, which has never really happened to me while I've been involved with other video projects. And I think that the reason why this experience has has become such a core giving experience for me is because I, I got to be so close to the context of the giving that I was contributing to. Like in a real way, I, I got to experience what was happening and and why Amber needed the help that she was asking for. In, in, in some ways, I was able to cross this giving gap that we started to define earlier in this podcast. But as, as beautiful as that experience was for me, I started to see the giving gap show up firsthand. And, and that's because as soon as I left Cheyenne, my ability to tell Amber's story became increasingly hard. Like it, it wasn't because I necessarily forgot my experience with Amber, but but I started to realize that I couldn't really ever fully craft a video that would express what I had just experienced in the way that I wanted it to. That, that there was so much that I had to cut out of the video, that the end product. And and while I'm really proud of, of what we produced, it's really barely a snapshot of my full experience. And and things got even worse when when I tried to explain it to people by just using my words, kind of similar to what is happening right now. Um it was kind of like I was standing on an island with Amber watching this gap of giving grow all around us. Or or maybe a better way of saying it is that I had finally in some way joined Amber on her island. And it was really a, a strange experience. And I think in some ways it's why it's taken me so long to talk about it on this podcast. I, I've just barely been able to find some of the words in the language to speak into what I felt. And, and this is the main challenge of the giving gap. The, the farther we are away from the cause or the person in need, the harder it becomes to fill a part of and create a meaningful difference. 
and and I see this as being the case for three main reasons. The the first reason is is that it's hard to get outside of our own world. As as human beings, our brains prioritize and normalize in some ways our as lived experiences of life. So while we hear about devastating challenges outside of our world of of our life, it is difficult to create enough space in our lives to care and to do something about these challenges that we see. And because of this, we tend to prioritize, if we give at all, local giving, even though in, in many ways, our giving could be much more impactful in areas of the world that are thousands of miles away from where we live. And all of us would go out of our way to save a child if they were suffering on our street corner. Like, I don't know anybody that wouldn't. But the irony is, is that the internet has provided us with a way to do that in so many different ways and and cross so many different distances. But most of us never even consider doing it, including myself. The the second reason is that we we don't perceive ourselves as mattering. We've talked about this a lot on the podcast, but but just to revisit it for just a second. Um if, if we can get to a spot of being able to see the needs around us, like what we talked about in the point number one, we don't necessarily believe that we can do very much with our limited resources. We've, we've been told by companies and by cultures that, you know, you really don't matter too much and you're really missing a lot more than you have. And so basically, like, why even show up? And, and the, third, the third reason is that we're, we're missing crucial context. And part of what makes up this gap is, is missing knowledge and context around the actual problem at hand. Like it's, it's easy to try and solve things in our way, but this can often lead to solutions that are out of context and, and therefore very ineffective at best and destructive at worst. It takes a lot of work to bridge this context gap, especially from a distance, and so that is often neglected. So if you've listened to those three challenges, why the giving gap is is so challenging and, and really gets in the way of our giving, and you feel a little bit overwhelmed, like you're definitely not alone. As I've worked through my process and as I've watched as other people have worked through theirs, like this is something that comes up time and time again. And you might be asking yourself if anything can be done to bridge this gap. And and I wouldn't be making this episode or be involved in this space if there wasn't something to be done. And so in in some ways, you can rest a little bit easy as, as we go through the rest of this episode because we're going to be getting to a solution or, or a way of approaching this giving gap that everyone that is listening can work through. And probably the, the most easy way if that's even proper English, the easiest way, that's that's better. Probably the easiest way and, and most obvious way to actually shorten this giving gap is to shorten the physical distance between you and your giving. Similar to how I drove to Cheyenne to be closer to Amber, you could get physically closer to your giving. 
And this is one way why humanitarian trips are so popular. But there are some major issues and, and challenges that come up with this approach to bridging this giving gap. Travel, number one, is, is really expensive. So in most cases, you would actually make more of a difference by donating the money you would have spent on getting closer to your giving than you would on actually getting closer yourself, especially when it comes to trips abroad. The other challenge is that consistency is really key in bridging this giving gap. So even if you were able to spend a week or even a month near or close to one of these large, hairy issues, um, un unless this is revisited with some frequency, the experience will just get mixed back into your life back at home and will lose a lot of its contextual value because things changed fairly quickly. And while you can partner with organizations that have infrastructure in place to help bridge this, you still need this knowledge in order to make a good choice in your partnership selection. So, if bridging the gap physically isn't always practical or even very helpful, what can we do? What is this reachable solution that I was speaking into? You see, there is another way to shorten the distance, and that is by bridging the gap not with an airplane, but with reachable experiences in your community. Now, you might be asking yourself, what the heck, Grant? Like, didn't you just say that we should be looking outside of our own worlds to give? And I certainly did. And what you'll see if you just stick with me in, in this podcast is that if you are intentional with creating good in your community, it can literally begin to span the thousands of miles needed to bridge this gap, and, and there are no airfares or carry-ons required in this particular journey. Now, much of the way that, that we perceive our world around us comes from personal experiences that we have within that world. So a way to begin to bridge this gap, and, and not completely bridge it, but to begin to step into it, is to expose ourselves to experiences in the same vein as the broader global issues that we're interested in having an impact in, but in a way that is, is reachable that everyday people like you and me can start to be around. L let me illustrate with three different examples. Three apparently is the lucky number today. So if you think about it, you could get involved with local food insecurity to help you understand widespread hunger across the world. Or you could get involved with refugees within your community to better understand the global refugee crisis. Or if there are disabilities in your sphere of influence, you could start to understand the worldwide disability disparity by getting involved with those disabilities within something that you can reach. So having this intention with your local giving, things that you can reach, can begin to give you the context 
and the exposure that you need to begin to attack these larger issues. In in some ways, you're able to hit two birds with one stone by doing this. Like you can help locally while preparing to have a broader impact in areas where your resources can make much more of an impact. And one thing that you're going to start to discover in your work around the giving gap is that it's not the only obstacle at play. In some ways, it is really our own focus on ourselves that does not allow us to see clearly the world around us. And this might be one of the greatest gifts of this whole cycle as we look to attack and shorten this giving gap. We get a chance to transcend ourselves. And if we can begin to do this, the giving gap automatically becomes smaller and smaller. It's relatively easy to look at all the big problems in the world around us and feel powerless to do anything about them. I I know that I have felt that way and continue to have moments that I feel that way. But, But the truth of local impact is that it is the first step in creating global impact. By starting small with an intention to grow tall, we've, we've, we've used those words before in the podcast, we can bridge this giving gap and really have a major impact on this world. And a few weeks ago, I did just that with one of the three examples that I shared, this example of of getting involved with the disability community in where I live to start to understand this broader context that so many in the world face on a day-to-day experience. There is a nonprofit near me called Kids on the Move, And they provide a lot of different resources and programs to kids in my community in in the Utah area. And and one of those things that they provide is this service called Respite. Now, Respite is a service that allows parents or caretakers of people with disabilities, and, and these are children from the ages of about probably 6 to 16. I don't know if that's the exact age range, but but somewhere in there. Uh, they allow these parents to come in and drop off their kids to be taken care of for a couple hours by professionals and by volunteers. And one of the people in our community uh, saw this idea and, and reached out to me and said, hey, Grant, let's let's get involved. Let's get a couple people and go check this out. And so a couple weeks ago, we did just that. And it was, it was a really uh, humbling experience. Uh, the child that I was paired with, you're, you're paired with an individual child for about three to four hours. The child that I was paired with has a genetic disability. And I, and I don't know exactly what this genetic disability is, but essentially his challenge was that he couldn't walk by himself um, and he couldn't couldn't really talk or, or communicate. And so for three hours, I was able to step in and, and help his mother um, as she went around and, and did different things with with her family. And 
I got to spend some time with with this this child. I, I won't share the name just for privacy sakes. But although he can't communicate very well, he really understands beat and rhythm. And so I just pulled up like an 80s playlist on my phone and we were just like rocking out to like Guns N' Roses and uh, and and just different uh, bands from the 80s uh, like like Journey and, and Bon Jovi for almost the entire like three hours. And the reason why this was was such a, a a useful experience for me is is that I didn't really grow up around these types of challenges that families and individuals face. And so having the experience of being exposed for that for just a couple hours um, and the the challenge that it is to interact with somebody that is a little bit different than than you are um, and and some of the medical conditions that come along with it. And there's just a lot of things that that come up. And I will say that I felt much more confident by the end of my time serving at respite than I did at the beginning. And it was just this really cool experience that all of you have the opportunity to be involved with. Now, whether there is a specific program in your community like respite or just somebody in your community or church group or neighborhood that has a child or someone that they are taking care of that has a disability, like you you can count on that they would like some help or that it would be nice for them to have a break. And so approaching that individual or that organization and saying, how, how can I get involved is something that everybody can do on this channel. And what what I will tell you is that my experience around it was was something that continues to help me bridge my own giving gap and allows me to be a more effective giver, to give better. And that's the whole point of everything that we're talking about. We have the knowledge section that we walk through. What is the giving gap and how can we start to approach it? But it never really matters unless we start to do something about it. And so that's why this reachable giving section in this podcast is is so important. So I would just challenge you to get involved with this particular opportunity that you have within your community. And I just feel like you'll have an incredible time like I did. Well, team, that's it for me. Let's go out into the world and create good with our time, talents, and money, regardless of the amount, and and start to bridge this giving gap that is inherent in any type of good that we want to create in this world together. Talk soon.